The Complete Guide to Termina, a podcast about Majora's Mask. Welcome. I'm not going to tell you my name. Each week on podcast, we discuss part of Majora's Mask. It is the aim, like supposedly in the tradition of previous podcasts we've done, me and other guy whose name I won't say, to try and talk about everything in the game, but that we're just going to talk about the stuff we like. Or that is worth discussing. Today, we're going to talk about the north side of the map, the mountain zone. And we figured the best way to break up this zone into three episodes is like this. We'll do a, an episode about the uh, critical path, the main quest of the area leading up to the dungeon. Then, the, an episode about the dungeon. Then we'll kind of go back and do all the side quests and weird other extra things, kind of uh, uh, fill out everything that wasn't part of that critical path. So let's do the critical path today on the complete guide to Termina. Yeah, it's almost like we're doing it in the way that you might play it. Ooh, it is like that. Uh, it's fun because, not to enable you too much, but like, we do traditionally go with like geography as dictating yeah, what yeah. we talk about, but in this specific instance, a lot of the geography is going to overlap. It's and, like, interesting. I tried when I was setting out the, like, coming up with an outline for the podcast. I said, well, we're going to divide it up by geography, but when I got to this part of the game, I kind of couldn't. Yeah. So this way is more fun and better. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about getting up to the north. I can just cut out you saying my name. You can bleep it out. Yeah. It just makes the, the Skull Kid laugh sound. Ooh, awesome. Did uh, you hear the episode? I don't know if we've gotten that far, where I edited something over with, like, Kome or Katake laughing. I don't, I may... Maybe I don't remember. I forget there was some. What I was editing. Oh, it was a correction I introduced. With there her. was some devious edit that I was very happy about. Uh, well, I try. So, Snowhead area. I guess you could call it that. Centered yeah, around yeah. Snowhead Mountain. Um, it's it's the mountain region of this game, but it's all wintry, which you know, Ocarina of Time didn't have any winter zones. It just had an ice cave and like. That one and frozen, frozen over kind of wintry area yeah. that I would say counts. Well, it's not always, well, I guess it's the one area, but it's not like a it snow zone. Yeah, it didn't have the same way. Mountain, snowy mountain, which is a classic video game location. Mm. Um, and so Majora's Mask is able to capitalize on that um, lacuna. And get in there with its own snowy mountain zone. Uh, you need the bow to get up here. And I always forget about this. There's definitely playing the game this most recent time where I was like, I'll just go up north and do stuff. And then I was like, wait, you can't get in there. You can't even get in there at all. Um, which is <sighs> arguably a, a crummy decision. Mm. I, I feel like. You know, they, they have the chance. They they have 
the uh, choice of how far to let you kind of bleed into a part of the game that you're not supposed to get to yet. And I feel like having that very kind of artificial looking ice barrier right at the door to the north side of the map, like they could have put that further up. It would have been more fun. I wouldn't mind so much if there were like alternate ways to get past that barrier. Oh, yeah. And I understand at some level you don't want the player to do the second dungeon before the first dungeon. Like, uh, if you're designing a linear game, then go ahead and design a linear game. But when it's a game about, or ostensibly an adventure game, is supposed to have an element of exploration, uh, to have the nope, not here yet uh, roadblocks be so, you know, close up against the starting area is not as fun. Like I want- the um, Ikana Canyon. Here we are talking about the ice blocks before you even get to the thing. Sorry, I talk too much. In Ikana Canyon, you can get into the canyon a little ways without Epona and see that there's fences ahead. You need a horse to go over. Then you get past there and you see that there's like a guy uh, who uh, he tells you you need some other stuff. Um, to go any further. But you can also get into the graveyard before that. I guess they do that because later in the game they have more confidence in you. Um, I guess it's a decision about not wanting the player to feel stuck. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was trying to find out if you can... So I've played Ocarina of Time Randomizer... And there's settings in that where you can just exit Kokiri Forest right from the start of the game. Okay. So, so to make it more open and give you like more opportunities to do different things early on in the game. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to find out if you could, in Majora's Mask Randomizer, just remove some of those barriers to do the different zones. But I oh, cannot, that'd be good. I cannot yeah. find out if that's the case. I'm too scared to play Majora's Mask Randomizer. It seems terrifying. Now, on what are you basing that impression? Uh, a lot of it's lack of familiarity with, like, where different items are obtained in sure. the game. And I understand, like, there's always a lot of work around, like, th- that stuff's documented and you could do it. But I just, I just simply don't know that game as well. Uh-huh. And randomizing a game i don't know very well makes seems hard here's my dumb impression okay majora's mask seems like a smaller game to me and so it seems like the randomizer would be less imposing than ocarina probably in in some sense there's probably less like critical path items that you would need just inherently there are fewer critical path things you would need to get through the game so but I guess that's right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Snowhead. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna use the arrows, get past those things, and actually start walking into the area. We go that up we're the cool. There's like a mountain trail. Uh, that's not terribly exciting, but I like it. It's it kind of pales in comparison to the swamp forest road, which we talked about on that other episode. And it was such a cool little area. This really is just a corridor between places. 
I like that it's like a snowed in location that's like there's p- snow piles everywhere. Uh, um, which yeah, is like <laughs> using snow piles as a um, the obstacle you have to overcome to progress through this corridor. That's and there's fun. there's no shovel in this game, so mm. you have to rely on other means. There's um, also um, there's white bows. Yes. Which are a cool addition, a cool enemy for this part. I like that part. They use white bows very effectively to um, bother you in places where it seems like there shouldn't be any problem. And then all of a sudden there are white blobs and (laughs) what a good enemy bows are. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have much to say about the trail until you get up to the, 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 the first big thing, so we should probably just go to that. Sure. Uh, you get to a clearing, which is considered Mountain Village, uh, despite it only containing one building. Yeah. I don't know if that implies that there were more buildings at some point, or if there is plans for it to eventually have more than one, but I, I don't Or know. if the, like, Japanese name of the place uses a word that refers to just like a settlement or whatever maybe the closest equivalent in english was a village it could be that yeah i could see that and everything is all snowy and apparently that's the problem here that things is snowy yeah the winter was supposed to be done by now it's supposed to be spring yeah what's up with that um there's a bunch of stuff here but i don't want to talk about too much of it yet because we want to focus on the critical path yes if we're gonna focus on the critical path i think we're just going to notice that there is like a big wall like a waterfall there's like a frozen pond and then beyond it is just a cliffside cliffside yeah you don't call it a waterfall when it's just a cliff good point so we'll come back to that later. And I think there's uh, I signs we're... that'll point you to the Goron village, which is... Yeah, so we're going to head that way. And... You go on... There's another, like, transitory section here that doesn't have a name. It's just kind of road to Goron village. The um, one with the islands? It's, yeah, it's another frozen pond, but this one has a couple, like, hilly islands with bridges connecting them. Yeah. Uh, You've got uh oh tingle is here oh yeah important that, important to note presence of tingle white wolfos there's a white wolfos scary mini mid boss of ocarina of time is back and again the mid boss is a guy that you can just walk past here yeah i've run past I, him many times uh it kind of feels like you know in uh in D D. May, yeah, let's say in D&D, um, when you are a dungeon master looking for uh, enemies to fill out your dungeon, you will pick up a, an, a monster that, oh, this is like a lot of games, um, was a boss at level one. And you'll say, well, that, you know, giant rat or whatever is just going to be a mook in this dungeon for level seven characters yeah um majora's mask is doing the thing of reusing boss assets as 
normal enemies, but across games, which is fun. Yeah. Yep, yep. Link is leveled up. Indeed. But we'll run past that white wolf host. He doesn't give you anything cool for killing him. And we'll enter the Goron village, which is a weird looking place. It is weird. It's like up against a cliff. Like you're on, you're you're overlooking a cliff that just leads into like a abyss. Uh, implying that you're way higher up than you might have thought you were. There's what looks like two buildings, but I guess it's actually one big connected building. Uh, yeah, The I'm not totally satisfied with how the interiors map to these exteriors. I didn't think it, I don't think it's too bad. Okay. I, I haven't really tried to make it work, but it seems strange to me. It, we'll talk through it, we'll talk through it. Okay. Um, and there's a, at least one Goron outside here. Uh, yes, just one Goron who is stuck outside, or, like, he refuses to go in for some reason. I should have found out what that guy says before I... I think he's just standing guard. Because he'll open, because he will open the way for you, because to get into this building you have to knock and by knocking it's ground pounding as a goron link can't do that because he's a little guy he's a human and so he will if you get up on like the platform above the entrance you can talk to this goron he'll say okay i'll let you in hang on let me knock and then he says but you better hurry because the door will close very quick so you have to like it's very easy the first time you do it to not take that seriously and end up being stuck outside <laughs> Again. You go inside and the problem of the day at the Goron village is that the prince, oh my gosh, I didn't do enough uh there's no like for this episode. He's not a prince, he's just a the child. He's a baby, but he's the baby of an important figure in the community. Yeah. But they don't have Gorons don't have monarchy or like much like they usually have like a chief and that's like the most that they'll have right um that's interesting yeah they they tend to keep the political system of gorons pretty simple from game to game treat them as more of a a loose tribe than a kingdom or anything um There's a boss of a group of Gorons, but there's never going to yeah. be like, I don't know, Gorons don't have that same sense of, that need to and the, the, create a hierarchy. here is not the chief, but the elder, right? The elder, yeah. This In this yeah. case, it's an elder. Uh, what is Darmani's uh, title? Uh, I want to say he's like champion of the Gorons, but I don't. Oh no, I'm not talking about Darmani. What's his name? The elder. Oh, uh, Daruk. No. Uh, Darunia. Darunia. Yeah. I think Darunia is either the chief or the boss. Okay. We've named every Goron. Congratulations. Yeah, he's either chief or boss. I forget. They, in fact, I bet they use both terms within yeah. the game. Um, so there's always somebody in charge, but otherwise there's not any real social hierarchy. 
there are not like elite Gorons. Although there could be, you like when if they have a, a future Zelda game where the Gorons get fleshed out more. Um, oh man, I just recently saw. I think it's the first Star Trek The Next Generation episode that takes you to Kronos and, like, starts really getting into Klingon society. Um, the one where Worf's brother shows up. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, and it struck me how how cool that was to do when, like, or assuming that before there was just a vague idea of well klingons like honor klingons like killing each other and the the writers of this episode were like well actually they have a whole language and they have uh <laughs> really complicated rules and this and this and this and this and you know do that for the gorons i think it's a uh slam dunk the closest we would get then with these guys Trying to think. Twilight Princess has a situation where there's like a a guy in charge of the Gorons, but then also a group of elders underneath him. Oh, okay. What is this? It's like Darbon, and then they're all the Gore whatever named guys. Gore Coron and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, That's good then, stuff. But then everybody else is just a Goron, right? Oh, sure. So, uh, yeah. I... They, they will continue to do stuff with Gorons. They're just the creators, like the Gorons themselves, are not particularly interested in fleshing that type of thing out. I guess. For now. For now. Anyway, baby Goron, Goron aristocrats is crying because Elder Goron is missing. Yeah, so it, this needs to be resolved. And everybody's really tired, wants to sleep. Yes. And they can't because you got baby goron doing a baby mario and making all sorts of noise <laughs> um is that your frame of reference for babies zach yes yeah, super mario world 2 yoshi's island is all i know about children okay um it's it's there are similarities but there are differences with real babies okay i see real babies do not have bubbles that form around them and so in real life it's really easy for Kamek to get babies. Oh, man. Sounds what can we do about this baby Goron? There's nothing we can do. Nothing like, you all can you do can do is just leave. As is. You can just get out of here. Um, now, um... But you get the clue that you're looking for the Goron Elder. Yes. Now, I'm not remembering the order of operations here. And so... I know that we need to go further east to the, like, I think they call it a shrine out over the edge of the cliff. Yeah, I think. Does that, that get triggered by talking to the. Um, the elder? I don't think so. Or by talking to like the Gorons in the Goron village. I also like, don't think. So. I also don't think so there. I think okay. that all that is, is just just a bunch of like pointing you where you need to go and so i th think the intention is that you go to goron village okay um in fact it kind of has to be this uh 
you go to Goron Village, you find out about what's going on there, you start looking for the Goron Elder. Goron Elder's frozen solid. Ah. Um. And you cannot unfreeze him until you get some hot spring water. Okay. But where are you going to get that? I yeah. think that some Goron is going to tell me that there's a hot spring up on top of that cliff. Exactly. But you can't get up there because the path is snowed out. And mm. the uh, the climbing path is uh, invisible. Okay. And so I don't remember if there's a tell. At some point, you learn that you need to go to the shrine. Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm wondering about because the... I'm having kind of an epiphany about, like, uh, quests in RPGs where what people always complain about is the quest where you have to talk to X and then X will tell you to talk to Y or, like, you need to go to some place. And it all depends on talking to people in the right order, which is the case in a lot of this uh, these Zelda games. The difference being they gate these interactions with actual things like items or songs um, that make it make sense that you have to do things in this order because you didn't have this thing in your hands beforehand. And so what I'm trying to unsuccessfully to remember about this quest is like, how much of it just depends on, well, if I've talked to this person, then I can do this. But if I haven't had this conversation yet, then this doesn't happen. I'm fairly certain you can skip okay. all of this. And if you knew the the path up the cliff side, you could just do that and skip all this. Oh, well, no, I know you can do that uh, because, well, we'll get to that when we talk about the cliff. But what I'm talk I'm what what I'm wondering more about is what triggers Kapora Gibora to show up at the east side of the village. Oh, I don't remember. He might just be there. Okay. If he's just there, then that's great for me. Yes, Kapora Gibora is here, or he shows up possibly after you talk to the right NPC, but maybe he's just here all the time. And he says, Hey, long time no see. I saw you in this swamp before, and now we're up in the mountain. We didn't talk much about Kapora Gabora when we saw him in the swamp. No, we kind of passed over him. We were way more concerned about uh, where we saw the him. The song because... of soaring. Well, no, and where we saw him, because yeah. that's where they, they yeah, we, we had that argument. Absolutely. Uh, Kapora Gabora is a character from Ocarina of Time, uh, like many characters in Majora's Mask, and... In that game, he's this weird tutorial bird. Yeah. Well, I, well okay, well, well, we'll do this first. He's a weird tutorial bird that seems to know about Link and his deal and his quest and has a lot of insight. Mm-hmm. And in Ocarina of Time is hinted to be Raru the Sage. Yeah. And then later on, Nintendo question mark, qu- confirmed question mark that in... uh. Hyrule Historia. Okay. They they asserted that that's true in Hyrule Historia, but that's, again, that's, you know... I don't know if uh, our new wiki... I will, don't give a care what it says in Hyrule Historia. I don't know if our new wiki will uh, uphold that. 
<laughs> um, what's the name of the new wiki? It's not that new. Did you oh, look at it? No, it's new to us, though. It's new to us. We found a Triforce wiki. Triforce wiki. Which is, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, <laughs> then you know about the continuing saga of us complaining about Zelda wiki. Triforce wiki seems to be, um, like, kind of a overt answer to Zelda wiki. Yeah. Um, but not in, like... Because usually when you have an internet community that sets itself up in opposition to an existing internet community, then you're bad news. That's a terrible idea. But here, the thing that you're in opposition to is a terrible idea. And the idea of Triforce Wiki is it's made up of people from Mario Wiki who know how to make a good wiki. Yeah. And so I'm on board yeah mario wiki is awesome it's honestly just it was just good to hear that somebody else felt the same way we do about zelda wiki so that just reassuring i joined triforce wiki and i cleaned up their article about bottles thank you you're welcome so kapora gabora is in this game uh seemingly just the same guy did raru follow link here well, the question. I think one thing uh, we have to kind of uh, address is, as far as Majora's Mask cares, it doesn't care whether Kipora Gebora is Rauru. Right? Absolutely not. Yeah. That doesn't enter Majora's Mask's mind. If you insist on doing like a timeline connection... Then you get to choose. Either this is Rauru following Link into Termina with sage magic. um, Or this is just the Termina version of Kepar Gebora. I don't think that this owl gets named in Majora's Mask, does he? No, I don't think he does at all. So this is just also just an owl in the lineage of owls in Zelda. Because and so, yeah, um, got... yeah. Did you see Doc Futures tweet? No, you you did because you retweeted it on the account where he had a false memory that games always had uh, tutorial characters who were owls with mortarboard hats. <laughs> I believe it though. That sounds right. <laughs> you don't the... remember retweeting that? No, no, no. Re- I remember. I remember retweeting it. I'm just saying that Doc Futures right. Like, that seems like oh, a real okay. thing. That's... I believe this. <laughs> but Zelda specifically had an owl character in Link's Awakening who is definitely not this owl or Kapora Gebora. Uh Four Swords Adventure also has Kapora Gebora in it. Um just called the owl there. Okay. Not given any kind of uh like backstory or anything. There's just a tutorial owl in that game. So what if we're getting into the timeline question then i have one quick question oh no at the end of ocarina of time what happens to the sages oh that's the whole like did they actually die or they did all along kind of thing well whether they died or not before becoming sages like do they have to stay in the sacred realm forever to seal ganon or 
that can go a whole bunch of different ways depending on how well, you interpret some very short cutscenes. Okay. Um, because it, it like, I, I can see how you'd make the case anyway that Rauru can't go to Termina. He's busy. Yeah, he's got stuff going on. He's forever holding a giant pig at bay. Maybe. I, I, I could get really deep into the speculation in there, but I kind of don't care. <laughs> uh, well, you're the one who asked whether this was Rauru. Oh, I did. That's true. It is my fault. Uh, no, I don't think it's Raru. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't think it's Kapora Gibor. I think they just have a helpful owl. Yeah, got to put a motorboard on him. Then we would know that he's helpful. Yeah. Anyway, he's here, and he's here to help you get past a invisible platform puzzle. Yeah. Um, one of the like after going through kind of a mundane zone of snowy mountain. Now we get into more of the surreal world of Majora's Mask where uh, we're going to go out to a floating island by walking across a bunch of invisible floating platforms. Yeah, it's weird. And I believe this puzzle was very difficult for me as a kid to understand that I needed to notice that the feathers Kepora Gebora dropped were going to land on invisible platforms that I could safely land on. Because... When you play Nintendo 64 games on the Nintendo 64 as a kid, you eventually come to accept that things like will look weird. And so if a feather stops falling in midair, you don't necessarily <laughs> think, oh, invisible platform. You think, oh, it's graphics in the year 2001. Yeah, I could see that being the case. That makes sense to me. Uh, but it, the thing about these platforms is they're ice platforms. And yeah, the, that's an the, extra level of difficulty here. Invisible ice. Uh, a, you jump across them successfully and you enter this floating island cave. I have it in my notes as Lone Peak Shrine. That sounds I know, right, yeah. I, uh, sure, sure. I think that there's like people say, oh, go out to Lone Peak Shrine. Probably. Or maybe it's just the map, the location name. Maybe that's what it's called on Noclip. I forget. It's probably. Uh, it's really Noclip. cool, though. I like this cave. Uh, there's a chest. And it's got an item that we care about a lot. Secret shrine. Where's secret shrine? I can't tell you that on this podcast. Oh, okay. Um... Lone Peak Shrine ahead. There, so there's a sign in the game that calls it Lone Peak Shrine. You were saying, Zach? I was saying this shrine is cool. This cave is cool. What's so cool about it? Uh, well, there's a chest, and in that chest is an item. Well, that describes every location in Zelda. So, Well, there's more to it more than specific. just that. You get the Lens of Truth. That's cool. Uh, which is a cool recurring item uh, back from Ocarina of Time, um, also kind of from Link's Awakening. Uh, and in fact, this room is very Link's Awakening because you yes. get the Lens of Truth and turn it on, and it turns out there's a bunch of invisible stuff in this room that you didn't notice before because yeah. you didn't have it. And yeah. Link's Awakening does the same trick, and it's good. Yes. 
There's all sorts of enemies. Um, what? Are, oh, there's skulls because they drop down from the ceiling. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch of other chests with like rupees and stuff. It's a good shrine. It also doesn't look like a shrine. It looks like just a cave. So when they call it a shrine, that's cool. And my, I'm reciting Lone Peak Shrine in the same cadence I do like a Breath of the Wild shrine in my head. Oh, okay. Uh, one. Of the, so there's 119 more in Majora's Mask hidden around somewhere. Well, there's a secret shrine hidden somewhere. Uh, all right, we're gonna find all 120 shrines in Termina. Um, Majora's yeah. Mask secret shrine. I have to know what this is. Behind a waterfall. Oh, that one. Okay. Aha. Aha. So. So then you have the Lens of Truth. You can then go back to that cliff in the village, the Snowhead Village. Hold on. We have to say, because this is another important thing about the Lens of Truth. Okay. You go outside of the Lone Peak Shrine with the Lens of Truth, and now you can see those platforms that you used to get here. And so you navigate the same space, but instead of solving a puzzle, you're using an item. I think that's not to be glossed over. Okay. Uh, for like game design purposes, the same exact area is an obstacle that you interact with two different ways. And that is like kind of a an atomic representation of a certain good quality of game design anyway um yeah let's take it back to that cliff and there are like uh uh, rough parts of the wall that you can climb up there was like a ladder built into the cliff all along invisible ladder hidden under the snow the lens of truth can show and it's a good one uh uh, an interesting use of the lens of truth that we didn't really see in uh, Ocarina of Time because the cliff is so tall that you don't really have time to like it, it interacts with the amount of magic power you have to use the lens of truth. If you just start climbing up the cliff and uh, there are branching paths of the ladder. Calling it a ladder is misleading because there's all the kinds it's kind of branching. Of, it's yeah. kind of a ladder. The texture makes it look like a ladder. And especially eventually when it's unfrozen, it does kind of look like it's like manufactured, this path uh, up here. But like if you try to navigate it yourself without planning on with just the magic that you have, then you're going to run out of magic because you'll keep taking wrong turns. Yes. And so you'll fail and you'll fall down. You'll have to refill your magic and then be smart enough to look at it through the lens of truth from down on the ground. Yep. Um, which, what other Zelda puzzles, other than aiming at stuff with weapons, encourage you to go into first person to observe something from far away? I don't know about first person so much, but yeah, it's a... That almost feels like a more modern Zelda thing. Breath of the Wild does that. Absolutely. Like, look at, having to look at your environment from a different angle to kind of get a yeah. feel for what you're supposed to be doing. It's it's a little bit more modern in some ways. And it's uh, the kind of puzzle. It's almost a write things down puzzle. Uh, because yeah. you have to say, okay, I'm going to go right, left, right, right. 
to get all the way up this cliff. So this is a fantastic cliff. We're looking at some real good stuff. And I contend that the Lens of Truth is one of the better items in Zelda overall. Uh, oh, I'd have to like. You want to do hashtag item rank? Upper half. Oh, that'd be so many items. There's, there's too many items to actually do this, but it's in the upper half for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the top of the cliff. Here there is. I there's think some... there's a frozen guy hanging out here. There are two Gorons here. Yeah. Uh, a Goron and his buddy, but his buddy has been frozen. Uh-oh. And uh, he's like, hey, we were trying to get up here and my buddy froze and it's bad. Can you unfreeze him, please? Oh, sure. I just know how to do that. You know what? Did we forget a step? Probably. Oh, we we skipped a whole... Okay, so... <laughs> no, no, no. Because you have to do this to get the... uh, The hot springs water. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you don't. Hang on. We did miss a step. How yeah. are we supposed to unfreeze the... Uh... Where Zach, else is hot, Where else is hot springs After you get water? the lens of truth. Okay. As you're walking back to the... Uh, Goron, uh, as you're leaving the Lone Peak Shrine, do you not notice a shadow on the ground with nothing to cast it? Is this not the point where a ghost shows up? No. What ghost are you talking about? Darunia? Oh, Wait. yeah. He leads you up there. Yeah. Okay, that's that. That's what happens. Yeah, we forgot about that part. Darmani. Oh my gosh, why did they have to name him that? Well, Jeruni was already taken. But why... Like, give him a name that doesn't sound exactly like the other Goron name. Absolutely not. Ugh. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. We That's how we end up knowing to go up there, is we follow Darmani's ghost. Yes. We see him, once we have the Lens of Truth, the Lens of Truth lets you see this ghost. He talks to you, he's like... Uh, if you can see me, then you need to help me out with something. And he leads you way the heck back across the area. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Without this ghost telling you where to go, you wouldn't know that there is uh, a reason to look at the cliff through the lens of truth. That's right. That's right. So then you go up there and Hermione's waiting and that's his actual grave. Mm. Uh, his grave is dead. up there in the hot springs zone at the yeah. top of the cliff. And he's a good guy. The grave says that, like, doesn't it give a record of his? Well, uh, okay. It, there's a couple things. Uh, I'll talk. I want to talk about the grave after we talk about the Darmani uh, cutscene here. Okay. So you talk to Darmani. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, um. The, the, I didn't. I don't have the full text, but the one thing he said is he said the soaring one said you would arrive. So that means he was Ooh. talking to Kebora Gebora. That's good. So that's interesting. Um, and then he explains that he knew something bad was going on at Snowhead. He tried to go deal with it, and then he fell off a cliff and died. Oh. He has Whoops. a much more poetic way to say it than that, but uh, and he says. Uh, I should just find the text. It's really good. He basically just says, like, you know, I would love you to find... I would love it if you could find a way to bring me back so I could 
save everybody, but in lieu of that, would you please save everybody in my stead? Mm. Is the gist of what he says. Uh, and then he, he, he does the, the tell where he starts talking about, you know, maybe you could heal me. Yes, he says, um, I was fine until I marched off to Snowhead by myself, hoping that I could drive off a demon. It had been wreaking havoc on Goron Village, then the blizzard at Snowhead blew me into the valley, and now here I am. How infuriating. I beg you, bring me back to life with your magic. If it is beyond your power, then I beg of you to do this for me instead. Heal my sorrows. Any way that you can do it will suffice. Please heal my sorrows. Yeah, he starts He starts dropping heal, which is... You've done one of these already. You know Check this out. In the text dump. Okay. In between um, uh, the uh, that request and what he says when you do the right thing, it says, medicine works only on the living. It will do me no good. Oh, that's so cute. So if you try to give him a red potion or something, doesn't work. Anyway, uh, yeah, I know what to do. Oh. You cast you cast the song of healing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cast awesome. it. That's that's funny. Um, it's a really amazing cutscene. Oh yeah. Uh, where all the all these other Gorons start showing up and just cheering on Darmani, and he just starts crying and he gets like tears like come off his face and like become like shining and it's great it's very good uh and then the just a regular goron face mask plops down on the on the ground and you got his face cool face get so you get to become darmani the goron hero he's darmani the third uh which means that gorons use reincarnated names like lord of the rings dwarves uh okay <laughs> which is very funny to me um his grave has uh oh yeah writing on it he was polite enough you can't read yes it says it's written letters you have never seen before but then when you read it as goron link it uh it says the goron hero darmani the third rests here in honor of a great hero, this memorial is inscribed with the knowledge of a great hero. Will you read the knowledge imparted by the hero? And then you read, like, <laughs> the tutorial for Goron yeah. Link's powers. Is... He was polite enough to leave a tutorial on his tombstone, which is great. Well, he didn't write it. Uh, I mean, maybe, he, like, he put it, like, in his will. Like, please explain my ground pound <laughs> technique to all visitors. But only in the Goron language. Hey, Brian, are mm. the Goron... On Noclip, on the on or this this Ooh. podcast is sponsored by Noclip. Those aren't Highland letters, I don't think. Uh, let me real quick check. Um, it looks like they invented a Goron language for this room only, it, or or it's like mirrored Highland. I don't know. I'm not good. I don't have good eyesight for that. Uh, the what's the name of the Goron shrine? Okay. Stand by for Ryan's linguistic analysis. I have reviewed the footage. Um, and in Nintendo 64 version, that's just highly in text. I don't know if it 
says anything meaningful, but it's very recognizable as the Hylian text you see everywhere else in the game. In Majora's Mask, it has been translated by the good people at Zelda Wiki. This podcast is sponsored by Zelda Wiki. What? Uh, to say um, that it it just says, hold on, I'll bring down. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, here lies Darmani, the third hero of the Gorons. Okay. All right. Well, I um, was mistaken. However, it does imply that a Goron language does exist. Here's what it says in 64. Ri-i-sari korunma sari muko kokomama. Kokomama? Yeah. Um, we'll get there fast and then we'll take it slow. Anyway. So now that I know how to be Darmani, what am I going to do? Well, you can roll around. Yes. Uh, it's actually funny. In the 3DS version, you press the one button and you just enter a roll state and then you move around. In N64, you have to hold it. Yeah, this gives me so much trouble because I have I still have muscle memory for the 64 version of the controls. Um, it's a lot like uh, <laughs> throwing eggs in different versions of Yoshi. Right. Uh, you and get, you, you get can a, ground pound. Yeah, you can do a ground pound. You have a little three hit combo. I think it's three hits. Where you like punch, yeah. punch, and then he does like a swing his bottom at you thing. Yeah. Um, a, it's a Goron butt not to be trifled with. The rolling thing that's relevant is that when you roll a certain distance, you get spikes you coming You work up to you. a certain speed, I think. But also you can kind of peel out sometimes in ways that I don't oh, yeah. entirely understand how to make happen reliably. Me neither. Yep, yep. So you're like Sonic the Hedgehog. You can do a spin dash. Sometimes. Uh, yes. Uh, that... I think it's when you are on... I. This is the explanation that I have formed in my head. You have to be on a surface that has a certain kind of friction. Oh, that sounds complicated. Is that real? I don't know. That really is what I believe about this game, but I don't know if that's actually what's happening. Anyway, um, th now we have the most important thing in this game, which is the Goron strength to move Darmani's grave to unblock the flow of hot spring water so that I can put some in a bottle and go out and unfreeze that Goron. Yeah. And the Goron is like, holy cow, Darmani, you're alive. And we're going to be hearing a lot of that from now on. Yeah. And you can unfreeze that guy. You can then take a bottle and go unfreeze the, the, the Goron, Goron elder. elder, who we ran past several times in this process, who is like frozen in different spots on his way to Darmani's grave. It's strange. Well, I don't understand. Each that. day he gets like slightly closer. Despite being frozen in place. He's just very slowly creeping over there. I guess the ice block that he's in is sliding across the pond at an imperceptible rate. <laughs> I like to think that. That sounds good, actually. Uh, uh, so we'll unfreeze him. And I remember this part being inconvenient. Does he play? No. Okay. He plays the first half of the Goron lullaby on his tiny little bongo. Yeah. But he forgot um, the rest. He's like, oh, my son is 
sad? Well, we'll put him to sleep with Goron Lullaby. I can't remember it. And so he teaches you just half of it. Um, and then you play it on your own awesome Goron Bongos. Very good instrument. And then you go into the Goron Village, which you can open yourself now that you can ground pound. And you go up and you play the first half of the lullaby for the uh, baby. And then the baby sings you the rest of it. And you get a very good cutscene. Uh, again, <laughs> great cutscenes with Goron emotions of like, just kind of impressionistically showing the like transference through generations of this lullaby and uh, showing that the spirit of the Goron elder is here, even though that Goron elder is going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it puts everybody to sleep. Right. It's cool that the uh, the first song you learn is a song of awakening. And the second one is a song of sleepening. It's too bad that the other, like the third song is like an odd song out for this reason. It doesn't have a clear magical power. Yeah, we'll get to the third song, but it's maybe the yeah. weakest of the four. Uh, yeah. This one's fine. I don't know. It doesn't have it's a, not, it, a use outside of this. It seems like something that should be useful in other contexts, right? Yeah. But maybe we're just spoiled by the Snot of Awakening. Yeah. Uh, but you no, have... We're, we're spoiled by Ocarina of Time, let's face it. Well, Ocarina of Time has six different songs that are all warp points, which is like... It has six warp point songs, but then it has six like spell songs yeah. that have kind of cool powers yeah no i agree with that but it's yeah, yeah. It, it does waste six songs on like six good songs on just warping. yeah but it'd be cool if those did other things but it does add a good it, it is fun in the ocarina of time context to just like when i knew i need to go back to the temple of time i play that song and it's a good feeling song to play and mm. that that has its value too well, this song... It's all very good. I love the Ocarina in both these games. Yeah. They really need to bring it back, but they never will. They're scared to. They're frightened. I don't know. But this song... This song... Yeah. Will get us to where we actually need to go. Which... Oh. Uh, up in Snowhead. Through the, the actual dungeon. The actual... I guess the actual mountain itself... The mountain within the mountain. I guess. I guess. We'll get into it on the next episode. Next time. Yeah. Same Majora time. Same Majora channel. I wish I hadn't said that. Too bad. That sounds Too so dumb. bad.